Hello and welcome to Explore the Symphony. I'm your host, Marjolaine Fournier, Assistant Principal Bass with the National Arts Centre Orchestra. My guest, Jean-Jacques Van Vlasler, is one of Canada's foremost music journalists, credited with over 60 articles for Le Droit, The Globe and Mail, and CBC Radio-Canada. In this series, we discuss the inspiration, lives, and music of great composers. This season, we're studying music that changed music. Welcome to our series, Explore the Symphony. I'm sitting here with Jean-Jacques Van Vlasler, and today our subject is going to be Mozart's Concerto Number no. 23 for piano and orchestra. Hello, now, <laughs> for piano and orchestra or for keyboard and orchestra? Well, I, I would call it for keyboard and orchestra for the moment, but, you know, I think it was already thought by Mozart for piano and orchestra. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps we can come back to that a, a little bit later. Um, I, th I do think that we should put it in context first and see where Mozart comes from um, and how Mozart gets to this extraordinary, this extraordinary period in Vienna where he composes most of his major piano concertos. Um, as, as a young boy, when he, he was in a young teenager, he, he started trying things out and that trying things out went around. Uh, he would take a, a movement of a sonata uh, for keyboard <laughs> by uh, uh, Carl Philippe Emmanuel Bach, for example, or by a composer called Schobert, not Schubert, but Schobert, and uh, he would he would compose ritornellos around that, you know, uh, accompaniments around that, and that was his learning pattern uh, of putting an orchestra or other instruments around the the the, the solo instruments. This is true for the four first. Uh, uh, concertos. But then after, uh, from the time he gets to the fifth concerto, the fifth concerto just opens up at the time um, that he um, that he also passes from the opera seria, the static opera seria, to the opera buffa. Um, uh, it's the time of the La Finta Giardinieri, which is a, 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 a long opera buffa uh, by, by Mozart. So he passes from the static elements to the dynamic elements. And the, the, the his first concertos, his uh, violin concerto, called 207, for example, and the fifth piano concerto, or keyboard concerto, uh, when he's 17, which is uh, the Kirchel 175, will be uh, composed at the same time as this passage to the more dynamic element. So Mozart, and I have always said that, Mozart is, has 
offered uh, musical evolution, uh, the, the best things he has offered is his dialogue, anything with dialogue. His operas, when he gets into the opera buffas, um, and, and then, of course, later in his great operas, um, or in the concertos, or in the quintets. Um, he, he doesn't give as much uh, to the history of music in the symphonies, or even the quartets. Uh, Haydn is much greater there, and then you know, and 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 will 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 offer the evolution of the symphony uh, its uh, its uh, fundamental elements. So there is Mozart at seventeen trying things out, and uh, what I wanted to say is the the parallelism between the uh, the, the writing of arias aria with orchestra, of course, with accompaniments, and the uh, evolution of the piano concerto. Um, much more the piano concerto than the violin concerto. We know that he composes five violin concertos, and they're all in the same year, and that's it. He just forgets about it, because his instrument will be the piano. And so, then, between 17 and 21, he will compose a few piano concertos, amongst which a very important one. It is called the Jeune Homme Concerto, uh, after the name of the uh, young pianist for whom he composed this uh, piano concerto. And this is already a piano concerto that is uh, totally different from the other ones, and that looks forward to the great period. Um, and then, and then, of course, then Mozart uh, wants to get out of Salzburg. He gets out of Salzburg. You, know, you see, he has had it of being prisoner, <laughs> a musician prisoner from Prince Coloredo, and in a way of his father, who is running his life. Uh, and Mozart, uh, in 1781, uh, will go to Vienna. Uh, is around May, June, uh, and uh, that's the time he composes uh, the Entführung aus dem Serai, Seraglio, which is about liberty. <laughs> it's exactly, you know, Mozart creates things in, in also uh, because he's going forward in life, and, 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 and it is his dialogue with society that's coming out. And the piano concertos, the, the incredible uh, uh, building of piano concertos in the Viennese period from 1782 on until 1786, essentially, in four years, well, he'll compose uh, 12, 15 piano concertos. 15 piano concertos. I can detail it. In 82-3, in 84, six piano concertos. 85, three piano concertos. And our piano concerto, the piano concerto we're going to talk about, the Kirchel 488, will be in uh, 1786. And there will be, it will be surrounded by two other piano concertos, so a total of three piano concertos. And the Noce de Figaro, right, at and the same time. And, of course, time. composing the Noce de Figaro uh, at the same time. And so the, the, the piano concertos very often reflect very much the operas and the arias, uh, the, 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 the vocal music, which he will, uh, he will present. And it's not the only thing. I, I don't want to interrupt your flow, Jean-Jacques, but something is niggling at me, and it's Go what ahead. was in the water in Vienna for people to, as soon as composers landed in Vienna, they started this prodigious uh, composing and creating. What was happening there? Well, it, it was the center of Central Europe. And, you know, that's where 
people met. <laughs> That's where people came together. This was an empire. <laughs> mm. This was, uh, 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 you know, the center of the empire is always where creation is happening. You know, the, you know, we are at perhaps at the end of the American empire, but New York is uh, is an extraordinary center for for uh, for, for artistic uh, evolution. So the same thing for Vienna. Same thing for Paris at the beginning of the 20th century. So there's so, uh, so sort of uh, hubs. Uh, uh, there are hubs, and these hubs move from one place to another. Mm. You know, who knows? One day it will be Shanghai. Too and, true, yeah. And one day it will be Shanghai, and new musical creation will, will happen, um, or other creation. I mean, now we're talking about music, but, you know, you know the, the arts and the, the importance of certain elements in arts change also with the evolution of society. So Mo Mozart is in Vienna, mm -hmm. and my understanding from our conversations, the conversations we've had on Mozart before, is that... Yes, he was composing, this is a perfect medium for his creativity, the concerto or the opera mm -hmm. dialogue, but also it was a good vehicle for him to promote himself and to make money. Of course, you know, he was an excellent pianist, and uh, like Beethoven was an excellent pianist, and Brahms was an enormous pianist, you know, these, and they could sell their own works. <laughs> and uh, Mozart needed the money. Um, he has a very good period between 82 and uh, 85, 86. Afterwards, you know, Vienna is going to be very difficult for him, and uh, uh, they, uh, they're not very loyal to him, and he's going to have big um, financial problems, and he'll have to move from one place to another place. And you know, there's the death of certain of, uh, one or two of his children. And the, 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 it's it's a very it's a very hard times for uh, for Mozart. Mozart is the first musician who tries to free himself from being uh, being part of a uh, nobility uh, unit or of uh, of of, of of, to become independent, you know, Mozart. Mozart is in fact the, the in Enlightenment, uh, the the example of uh, growing individualism, and that's what the expression in the piano concertos is going to be: uh, the piano, the individual, and the orchestra society, and that relationship between orchestra and 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 the individual uh, will get richer and richer, especially in this extraordinary, very vivid, uh, lively uh, society in Vienna, which you know Salzburg was at that time uh, where he where he lived before was a provincial. <laughs> Much more a provincial uh, uh, place uh, to to live, and it was it was run by the archbishop, and so that 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 that's what he tried to get out of. But what's happening at the same time, and I'm coming back to the concerto itself. Um, not only is there an enrichment, um, uh, or is there a parallelism between uh, the the composing of uh, vocal works and the piano works, because they're both very much dialogue, and uh, some of them reflect very clearly some of the vocal works that have been created around the piano concertos in that Viennese period. But there's also the evolution of the uh, wind instruments. And the wind instruments, very important, go parallel for Mozart with what is happening in his own life, becoming a member of the Freemasonry. 
Uh, the, the, the clarinet is one of the symbolic, uh, 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 symbolic instruments in Freemasonry, not only the clarinet, there are other uh, uh, woodwind in, uh, instruments that will be used. And Mozart, around the concertos that we are talking about, uh, the, the concertos of 1785 and 1786, will use a lot uh, the, wood, the, the wind instruments. And they will be, they will, the dialogue between the wind instruments and the, and the, and, and the piano um, will, will transform in fact, the the tissue uh, the, of the of the, what the concerto is going to be It's going to be so much more uh, complex, so much richer in in uh, in colors uh, than it was before. I, in preparation, I was listening to what I have at home of the Mozart concerto, and uh, I had modern orchestra versions, Alicia de la Rocha, and it's lovely, lovely. But then I came across a version of this that illustrates what you're saying. It's John Elliott Gardner and this uh, pianoforte player named uh, Malcolm Bilson. Yes. And there with Great the, specialist, yes. the English Baroque soloist. And so here you hear, you really hear how the pianoforte blends with the the early versions of the clarinet and the flute and the bassoon i'm assuming and bassoon absolutely and how beautifully the colors match together mm. so he really had that in his ear he wasn't writing for the harpsichord he wasn't writing for what we have as a piano now so and also actually the pitch of it is a semitone lower so you, this is um, A major concerto, mm -hmm. very solidly major. The middle movement is it's, uh, the last of the uh, the minor tonalities in 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 this production. So that that is a very different, uh, a very different movement in the middle of it. It's like a, a kind of implosion. But we will come back to that. In and such a, a sparse movement, a very very, yes, very, yeah. very little of the piano, but yeah. so perfect. It's it's perfect, and it's and it's dark. It's interiorized very much, and it's uh, it, 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 it's. It is him thinking uh, uh, with some bitterness about what the world is about also. He's a young man to be writing stuff like that. Yes, no? but yes, but he, he was a, sense, a very sensitive man. <laughs> yeah. Very sensitive man. When he, he, he captured very, very clearly uh, all the signals of society and, and he expressed them, of course, with all the richness he had in him, you know. Yeah, this movement is pure. To me, it's uh, you. You uh, read something very existential. To me, it's pure melancholy, not yeah. sadness. But so, talk talk to me a little bit about the the 
concerto itself. Well, uh, the concerto itself is uh, is composed, and you mentioned it before, at the same time as the Nozze de Figaro. So we are in the month of March, and at that time he composes two piano concertos. He had done that the year before, two piano concertos at the same time, and they're they're kind of. Uh, tied, you know, they're kind of tied. You know, this concerto is an A major concerto, and then afterwards you'll have a uh, concerto in uh, uh, the minor mode, uh, the, the 491, which is in C minor, in C minor. And uh, in, in 85, um, uh, he had composed uh, two, two, uh, two piano concertos, um, but in first, he had compo composed it uh, uh, first the in minor mode and then in the major mode. So that's concerto number 20 and 21. And in between, there is concerto number 22. Ours is concerto number 23. It is number 22, which is a very important one. And in fact, there is a triangle there. There is a, a triad there. Not triangle, but triad, rather. You have 22, 23, 24, uh, which... Uh, reflects very much also his belonging to the uh, Freemasonry. That's a fascinating yeah. part. Yes, yes. And, it's, and, 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 and of course, triads are part of the symbolic elements of Freemasonry. And the first of those concertos, the, the, uh, uh, the E uh, flat minor, uh, in fact, major concerto, number 22, which he composes in December. The, uh, the other ones are in March. All these things are happening in a few months. Um, that concerto is in the tonality of uh, what is very often used for Freemasonry. In January, he composes uh, introductory music and and uh, and final music for some of the uh, of the uh, the ceremonies of the uh, of uh, of the Freemasonry of 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 his lodge of his loggia, the, the loggia he belongs to. So uh, he also composes at that time the uh, uh, the Maurische uh, Trauermusik, uh, that is the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, the, the, the burial music uh, for one of his colleagues at that time, very famous. I mean, very famous piece of music. Uh, it's not very long, about six, seven minutes long, I think. I, mean, I don't, don't remember exactly. But for example, when Karl Böhm, the great conductor, died, uh, the first concert afterwards, I was there uh, in Salzburg, Karajan conducted the Maurische Trauermusik by Mozart for, for the death of Karl Böhm. I mean, the, 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 these are very high-level symbolic uh, 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 works. You know, he uh, around that, the Nozze de Figaro, uh, he rewrites some, some, some elements for Idomeneo, even for a reprise of Idomeneo. He, he, he writes the, the theater director, very uh, comic little opera, just in February. That's one month before. Um, uh, it's called the Schauspiel Director. Uh, Josef II, the, the emperor, had just ordered it to him. You know, he had ordered the same thing to Salieri. So there was a one act by Mozart called the Schauspiel Director, and Salieri had composed a, a work, not in German. Mozart did it in German, Salieri uh, did it in Italian, of course, and that was called uh, uh, Primo la musica dopo la, la, la parole. That is, first the music, afterwards the, uh, the speech, the, the, the words. 
and there, there are two one acts that were played together. You know, uh, all the all these works are done at the same time. You know, the, the, there is a trio. The, he has made the sonata just afterwards for for four hands. He he composes um, the grand sonata in C minor. Uh, for a wonderful, one of his wonderful students, Teresa von Trattner, in '86, also, all oh, these, these are these are big works. And at the end of 1786, he composes the Prague Symphony. It is, it, it, it is an extraordinary period of creativity by Mozart, and in that concerto. In that concerto, in the middle of all these other works, he will create uh, this uh, concerto, which speaks about the contradictions of existence, you know, mobility of life um, between um, shadow and light, between anguish and hope, you know, and and with at the end in the third movement, triumphs, you know, uh, joy, but it's with an impression of liberation, um, not total, <laughs> you know, the, he never forgets the contradictions of life and the difficulties of life. And it's, um, I would call it a, a serene happiness. Yeah, it's, a, it's carefree, the it's, last movement. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's a serene happiness. Yeah. That I, well, what a thinking. trip, though. That, uh, it's, it's puzzling to me, I'll tell you, the, the melodies that he uses. The first movement, he uses the the notes of the the notes of the chord. You know mm -hmm. the da 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 da. You know it's very mm -hmm. chord mm -hmm. oriented. Mm -hmm. And the last movement, pam 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 da 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 da. It's very it's very square, mm -hmm. very square, very fluid. And then the second movement is almost dissonances it's very uh, it's like uh, knitting something very loose yeah it's a with somber, a lot of space somber, and silence yeah it, 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 it's it's it, it, it's a very short movement you know a short movement um, it's a, on a rhythm of you know we call it sicilian you know a, a rocking sicilian mm -hmm. a rocking sicilian and uh, the piano is you know is Uncovered, it's very clear. You know, the piano is very clear with with these wonderful answers between the piano and 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 the and the clarinet, with the piano and the flute, with the piano and the bassoons, piano and and the, and the strings. This is this is pure pure Mozart. But um, I, I do think, uh, and, and at the end, the melody just. Pianissimo disappears. That's true. It movement. just drifts off. Drifts off. This is much better. Drifts off. Absolutely. Um, and um, uh, in, in French, I would say uh, le, le, la mélodie s'évanouit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but drifting off is the right word in English. Yeah, so. And and it's one note. The the piano is. It's you have to hear it. If you've never heard it, you have to really listen to it and try to figure out. What was in his heart when he wrote this? It's so simple. You say it's it's looking at the f he's it's like he's looking at the facts. Yeah, he's looking at the facts. He was a he was a great realist also. Mm. And uh, I'm picking up on one of the words you're using here: the simplicity. 
the further Mozart go goes forward in his piano concertos. For example, this, uh, I think it's 491, which is the last piano concerto. Uh, no, 595, I'm sorry. Uh, 595 is number 27, which he composes in January 1791. It is mm. a very simple. It's so simple. It you know he he decants he you know he, he leaves all the other things on the side, and he goes straight to the heart of the matter. There is a French poet who said there are two kinds of simplicities: one under the art, and one above the art. Mozart gets to that simplicity above the art. And I do think that that is where he's going to. And that's what's happening in that very, very that, that adagio movement, which is a somber movement, but also a very, very clearly, very clearly delineated movement. Pure Mozart. Jean-Jacques, we could keep talking. I'd love to talk to you more about this. We'll continue our conversation another time on another subject. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. We'll see each other next year. <laughs>